Live from Chicago, it's Saturday morning. It's the Murph and Fred Show. Starring Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, and featuring Eric Ostrowski. Now here's your host, uh-huh. Murph and Fred. <laughs> Live from Chicago, it's Saturday morning. Hey, Fred, what's happening? How you doing, man? Yeah. Happy. It's going to be like this all day long. <laughs> it's going to be miserable out. It's going to be rainy today, tomorrow. No snow. Uh, no, no, no snow. Not cold enough to snow. Tomorrow, by Monday it will be. It's going to be sunny then the rest of the week. Uh, highs around 40, 40. That's okay. Oh, I heard in the mid-30s on Monday in snow. Ah, uh, yeah. Tommy Skelling didn't say that. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking well, about. He's a little senile at this point. Probably Tracy Butler would be the... Uh, uh, the one to ask on that one, right? No, you're right. But actually, I see some snow ch- chance of snow this afternoon. <laughs> just in one hour. I don't know how that's going to happen. Oh, uh, that's okay. Cause, uh, <clears throat> but the Bears don't play this weekend, so that's okay. Hmm. Do you like the Thursday games? No. No, me neither. No. Do you think anybody does other than the networks? No. 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 Nobody does. It would be nice if they didn't <laughs> play on Thanksgiving next year. Because they've played two, two years in a row, row, right? Actually, someone, someone said they've played... Could, is it possible they played three years in a row? Because they played Dallas, or they played another game Ooh. like the Packers thought, uh, before that. So it might have just been it might have just been well, a couple years before that. Well, Dallas always has game two, the third game. It was the third game of the day. Oh, you time. know what? Right. They might have right. once. Yeah, they might have once. Right. Three three two three seven seven six. I'm Mike Murphy. He's Fred Hubner, ESPN one thousand in the uh, First Midwest Bank Studio on. State Street, that great street. All right, let's get rolling. Oh, by the way, to see who's going to phone in around 10 o'clock? Sweet Lou. That's it, my guy Lou. Sweet Lou Pinella. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, because no. no, <laughs> Lou Pinella wouldn't, he wouldn't pick up the phone for any of us. No, he wasn't sweet. Either. He might pick up the phone for Cap. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. What a bust out he was. All right. I was going to say, let's look for something good to Lou talk Pinella's about. Lou Pinella's from Fox TV. Yeah, who's us. the best? Uh, oh, we're going to unveil a, a new segment uh, between uh, now and the end of the show. Murph and Fred, uh, Saturdays at 9. It was going to be called Ask Fred, but, uh-huh. but it's been changed. Fred will... Ask Eric? No, Fred will, oh. Fred will know. Fred will know. Oh, okay. All right? You know. Well, that'll be interesting. Fred will know. Yeah. It's just stuff that I can't quite figure out and want your thoughts on, and uh, I know you'll know. I get asked many questions, and some I know the answers to, others I pretend I know the answers Are to. Are these sports-related you're Sometimes. talking about? Oh, really? Yeah. Some, right. Somebody asked me, what do you think of a college football game? I said, mm-hmm. I don't think about college football. But uh-huh. the guys, other guys will, because yeah. they're on a remote 11 o'clock today, uh-huh. the uh, Chicago's College Tailgate Show. That's why we're done mm-hmm. at 11 today. Rivalry. So huh? we get to swim home. Yeah. Yeah. So. Some people can't pronounce rivalry. I've heard, I've, that. Heard. I've heard that a lot lately. Uh-huh. Yeah. And national stuff, rivalry. But anyway, we will push on. Hey, uh, what we're going to do right now is set the table, and you can vote for our uh, Twitter polls. Uh, you know the Murph and Fred Fan Focus Group Twitter polls yep. at uh, vote at ESPN 1000, right? Very good. Uh, some of the things we want to get your thoughts on. Let's rifle through these here, Fred. Uh, if the Bears go, okay, this is called, do you believe in sports miracles? Okay. All right. And uh, the uh, question simply is, if the Bears go 4-0, okay, we know they still have a chance for the playoffs. All right. We, we know that. Yes or no, do you believe in sports miracles? All right. Want to hear from you. 332-3776. Next will be uh, 
<laughs> oh, I can't wait. I got four names here. You can vote for one. Okay. Who do you have the most confidence in? All right. Uh huh. You're going to recognize these four names. Well, you might recognize three of the four. Rick Renteria. Uh-huh. Who do you have the most confidence in? Rick Renteria, Matt Nagy, Jim Boylan. You recognize those three. Jeremy Colleton. Yeah, you might not recognize that one. Blackhawks head coach. Uh-huh. You might not recognize that last name if you're not a Blackhawk fan. If I said Joel Quenville, people would have known. Yeah, right. Okay. They would have said, oh, he's a great coach for the Blackhawks. You well, know, he's not there anymore. You know the best thing about him leaving town, Joel Quenville? I don't. Oh. I didn't have to hear 99% of the people in media Coach call him Q? Quinville. Oh. There's no I in it. Yeah. Quinville. Uh-huh. Uh, thank goodness. I don't have to listen to that anymore. Next thing you can vote on, all right? And we're going to cover all these. The, oh. The Lions recovered the, uh, quote-unquote, the onside kick, right? Yep. Now, you know, years ago... The, the kickoff guy used to actually put the ball on its side. Right. As opposed to up and down on the uh, tee. Uh-huh. So it was actually an onside, on the side, the ball was on the side. Right. But they still call it that because I guess there's no other thing to call it. Right. right? The Lions recovered the onside kick when the ball ricocheted, bing, off good old number 26, up man Dion Bush. Uh-huh. A, it was a planned kick, you can vote, or B, it was a bad kick, you know, that went good. Right. Right? Remember the news? They used to say things like, oh, it was a drug deal that went bad. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. Well, what, what drug, most drug deals? Well, unless you're, yeah. Unless, unless it you're went the, good. Right. <laughs> unless you're the guy making the purchase. Yeah. yeah you was happy. You wanted to go well. Yeah, he got a good price. Right. The seller got a good price. Everything went well. They both walked away happy. So drug, one guy with drugs, one guy with money. Drug deal gone good. Yeah. I was just going to kick it out of the news. Drug deal went bad. Okay. So, vote now. Was that a, a planned kick uh, that way, or was a, a bad kick, uh, you know, gone good? <clears throat> Excuse me. Next, we're going to cover this. Will Mitch Trubisky be the Bears' starting quarterback game one in 2020? Okay. And uh, you could vote A, 100%, yes. B, most likely, or C, it's a long shot, or D, no chance. All right. We can't say no shot. That's uh No, but I said, but long shot was C. Yeah, we can't say no, no shot. No, there's a... No, that's trademarked. Is it a patent, a copyright, or a trade? They got all, they got everything. Right, they, they got, got it all. They got a patent, a trademark, a copyright. Right. Shot! Uh, or, maybe you like this topic. So, it turns out that Akeem Hicks is just as important as Khalil Mack. True or false? Okay. Everyone has their opinion. That's why we talk about sports. Because uh, opinions are like belly buttons. Everybody has one. Well, that's okay. true. All right. <laughs> and uh, final uh, would be the biggest mistake Ryan Pace made in the last off season, Fred. A, B, C, or D. Oof. All right. We don't. We can't go. None it would be nice to go all twenty six no. letters. All of the. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. I think it's Q. There's no doubt it's Q. Q is the reason. All oh, 20. Do we have room EL11 for 26 uh, uh, options to vote on here? No. That'd be nice. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll write an email to Twitter and let yes. them know. Yeah. We need, I like we need op- an addendum. I like yeah. option X. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a movie of some sort. It does, actually. Hey, Eric, I need a resident uh, millennial. You, you qualify, right? Yep, I am an okay. older millennial. All right, and Fred? Yeah. I need a, a guy like uh, you, okay? The old guy, yeah. No, no. I didn't say, no. So remember the uh, 
when we were kids, Fred and, and Eric, you'd learn your ABCs. Right. And you'd do that little funny doo doo doo. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the thing, Fred, when we were learning our ABCs. Yeah. And then Eric, hold, hold the phone, Eric. Do people still hold the phone? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So when we would sing that song, Elemento. Right. <laughs> remember there was a joke? Uh, an entire uh, 100, a generation of kids thought the letter between K and uh, Q was Elemento. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so at the end of the song, XYZ. Yeah. I, I heard I, my ABC. Then what would you say? I was always one of those kids that always thought it was stupid, so I never said it. But we used to say, Eric, you'll get a kick out of this. You might have known this, Money. WXYZ. Now you've heard my ABCs. Tell me what you think of me. Yeah. What? That doesn't make any... Why? Well, because the little kid was proud of himself. Right, the kid was proud of Tell himself. Tell me what you think. That's yeah. what it was for a hundred years. You want me years. to be honest, kid? You're stinky and you're sticky and well, that was, you're loud. No, yeah. but you see, that was too exclusive. And maybe the, his little friends didn't know. So you can't, hey, what do you think of me? So now it is, uh, next time won't you sing, sing with, with me. Right. right. Oh, everybody's got to sing. All right, so uh, yeah, I always, A through Z. I just like doing the 26 and I stopped and let everybody else do the silly part. All right, now. Let's, uh, I was a crotchety young kid. Let's bring in... Uh, As well. Let's bring in Eric Ostrowski. Yo, 11. All right. How about a little Twitter poll result now for uh, number one? I'm going to find out what the fans have voted here. And you can vote on all our earlier questions right now at ESPN 1000. If the Bears go 4-0, they still have a chance for the playoffs. Do you believe in sports miracles? Do you now, believe in miracles? No. Yes. Now, here's the thing. I know it's going to be like landslide. No. But. There's two questions here. Ah. There's only one question, actually. Your question is, do you believe in miracles? Ah. You're not asking if they're going to win ah, four or no. You've been around me right. too long. You're asking, do you believe in miracles? They happen uh-huh. in sports all the time. Uh-huh. A guy scores and then, right, he, then, right. he, then he kneels down and squats. And uh, or lifts a leg. Uh, there's miracles everywhere. What was that all about? Yeah, then they well, didn't get. Then they uh, had to back forced, up, and the extra point was uh, extra no good. Extra point was wide, wide right. <laughs> what a yeah. dope. Uh huh. You cannot train. You cannot. <laughs> you cannot coach stupidity out of certain players. Right. They're stupid. They're going to do dumb so things. So he scores a and it's six point all the time. touchdown. Yeah. Then he does the uh, walks like uh-huh. a dog on all four, and then yeah. he lifts his leg like the yep. fire hydrants there, and then he gets unsportsmanlike or whatever the flag was for. One of the, back yeah. him up, and then the extra point, no good, and they lose by one. One of the guys on uh, Get Up with Greeny yesterday said, oh, I love that "If show. I was a senior, it's actually it was Sam Acho's brother, Emmanuel Acho, does a really good job. He's really outspoken. Uh-huh. He said, if I was a senior on that team and we lost the rivalry game because of that." That, he said, I'd be putting the hands on that player and not to congratulate him. He said, uh, we'd have a problem if I was a senior. And that's how I went out with my, at, on the uh, final rivalry game of the four seasons. You know what the guy's saying at the end? The guy that looked was like, now you've seen me, PPP, tell me what you think of me. Yeah, well. But we don't think much of you. They will They will handle the, uh, they will handle the uh, punishment internally. Now they'll yeah. say, next time, won't you pee with me? Uh, right. Unbelievable. 
And everybody said, oh, it was funny, it was funny. No, it, it's asinine and stupid, well, and it's beyond ridiculous. And for those who laughed, uh-huh. it's just like when you see somebody hit someone and you laugh, and that's funny. No, not necessarily. Was it like when Boylan uh, smiles at the press conference and uh, Will Purdue gets mad? Maybe it's just like a nervous affectation or a tick? I just hope that the next time the Bulls are on, which is uh, Monday night they play, mm-hmm. hopefully Will Purdue will have shaved by then. <laughs> November will be over. And hopefully he will have shaved. He and Pat Boyle can go in together on yes. a razor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, Pat It actually good. looks better on Pat than it does oh, yeah. on Will. That's the best. And I'm saying that. I'm, I'm criticizing what a seven-foot guy looks like. but Used to sit next to Pat Boyle and go over to Paisano's. Uh-huh. At uh, eight, uh, eight, uh, 64 North State Street yep. when I lived down. You lived, Great place. You, you're, yep. You've been down there. Yep. But uh, so Will Purdue, see, Will was great. This was after the Wednesday night debacle. And then we'll get back to the yeah, 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 poll yeah. question. Wednesday night. So uh, Will Purdue on the uh, post game, not real happy with Boylan. And I liked everything until he did this smile thing. He okay. wasn't happy that, I don't know, I think he's just, you know, some people nervous, you smile, but, you know, you're not, you're not like, happy. <sighs> well, I'm just going to, I disagree. There is shame in losing yeah. this game. Thank you. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. This is the worst team in the league, had the worst defense in the league, right. and you lose to this team. This, this, is, this is shameful. This should never happen. And please, stop smiling in the post-game press conferences after you lose. <laughs> I'm tired of it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be All right, I've ranted enough. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, highlights courtesy of NBC. He Sports was right about everything. Actually, oh. he was right about everything because oh. losing to the Golden State Warriors was a complete joke. Absolutely. How about last night? That was. Uh, yeah, that was closer. Yeah, but still, <laughs> uh, I don't know what what is. I mean, if you need to sit Larry Markinen down for a week or two weeks or three oh. weeks, do it because he is miserable right now. But anyway, I'm he sure was we'll get four to him later. for fourteen from yeah. the field again. Yeah, he was terrible. The team, as a team, they shot 38%. You're not going to win many games in the NBA shooting 38%. Let me, and we're not going to talk Bulls. But let me just ask you, and uh, Eric, you guys. Why, why the hell did I stay up and watch it then? <laughs> you were an uh, insomniatic? Uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh-huh. Here, I did me, the same thing in that Golden State game the day before Thanksgiving. Why did I watch that piece <laughs> of garbage? Let me ask you. I was going to talk bear football the next morning. How about the third game Thursday? Yeah. They go for, you know, I've, I've, we're convinced, Fred, we've talked about this for years. No one in the NFL or anywhere knows when or when not to go for two. They're not quite sure what they're doing. No, and we're not going to break it all down. Right. But it's unbelievable. You don't go for two in the third quarter no. ever. Uh-uh. And that was uh, Coach Nagy, right? Yeah. Didn't he do that? Yep, he what, did. What's he thinking? Yeah. And if you're down like uh, two, three scores in the fourth quarter and you score and you get a touchdown, but. You think, oh, got to go for two because then we add that, add that, and then we, no. Get the point. Get the one point. Like if you right. need a two point, a two point, a one point. Say you're down, uh, you know, seven, uh, like 24, whatever it is. You, only, you take the one point first, and then you go for the two because if you miss the two pointer first time, then you're dead. Now you're screwed, yeah. And then your players, they lose all their oompah. Right. But what do we know? I'm just a fan. All right, here, real quick. I've, you know, the Bulls. I just wanted to ask you guys. Of the players on the team, and I don't even mean this stuff, of everyone on the team, how many Bulls players would start for a team that's a, a good team or over 500 or a real good How many of those guys would even start on a quote-unquote 
you know, real team. And um, would they be the best, second, third best, fourth best, fifth best player on that given team? Maybe one. Levine. Maybe. No. I'm going with Carter. I'd yep. bring Levine off the bench. That'd be Carter the one would be guy. my only starter because Levine would be a bench guy. He'd be the sixth guy coming off the bench for almost every team and probably should be with the Bulls. And Kobe White could be a backup point guard for any <laughs> team in the league as well. Yeah. Same it's, with Sadoransky. Back up, though. It's funny. They keep asking for Kobe White to be a starter. You know what? At this point, why not try it? Yeah, exactly. Let Sato come off the bench. He should just get the minutes at this point. Yeah, why not? Let him learn. I mean, he he did some good things last night. He didn't shoot as well as Five he... Five for 13. Right, didn't shoot as well as he could, no. but uh, he did some good things. But he's going to be a cold-blooded uh, gunner, scorer. He's just got to fight. He's got to call Rod Strickland. Those who don't ah. know, Rod Strickland used to play for DePaul. Then he went to the NBA. I never saw Rod Strickland go to the basket and mm-hmm. not get his shot off. Colby White goes to the basket, and man, oh man, he gets just flattened. He just gets leveled at times. He gets up. There's a there's a skill uh-huh. in getting to the basket and getting your shot off all the time. And it's one that Kobe White's got to learn. So somewhere along the line, there's got to be someone say, hey, find Rod Strickland. And uh, maybe he's excited because DePaul's 8-0 after a win over Minnesota last night. First time in 33 years. So other than Wendell Carter Jr. on the Bulls, no one else starts on, no. a, on a good team, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. Don't, I don't think so either. Uh, I think that's it. Wendell Carter Jr., not only is he a, a good player... But he's got an attitude. He's getting tired of losing. He's only 20 years old yeah. now, I believe. He's yep. tired of losing. Yeah. And uh, he said, I'm not used to losing. I, I never lost anywhere I played, and I don't want to make this a, a losing culture here with the Bulls. I heard Maybe two, he should be a player coach. I heard two experts yesterday or the day, in the last few days both point out that Carter in college, now I know the three-point line is shorter, right? Yeah. Closer. He was 41% three ball in college. So he can't make an occasion. Oh, I know. Don't. Yeah, he's only like 13% now. So well, he's but not, he doesn't get any attempts. But he never should. No, no, it's I not know. him either. It's the design. He's right. never outside the paint. Well, right. Which is funny because... Well, they don't want that anymore, right? you got to either be behind a three or in close. Isn't that the new metric? Yeah, the funny thing is the Bulls get in close and then they shoot miserably. <laughs> they, have, they have more percentage. They have more shots inside of uh-huh. like five feet, uh-huh. and they have the worst shooting percentage from that area. So let's bring in uh, you know eleven. The the Bears. Uh, well, if they go four zero, they still have a chance for the playoffs. Do you believe in sports miracles? Fred busted me out there. Yeah, I did. Of, uh, tried to throw the old uh, red herring out there. Tried to obfuscate muddy the water. The uh, I'm a Cub fan. Cubs went. And won the World Series in my lifetime. Miracles. So there. Yep. I, I vote yes. White Sox won. I vote World yes. Series. Miracles. You voting yes, Fred? Uh, yeah, I believe in sports miracles. Eric, what'd you vote? I mean, when you just say, do you believe in sports miracles, yeah. you, you, you hear the uh, the uh, the USA hockey team right. in oh, yeah. your head. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. For, like, they taught us that. Right. Yep. right. So the vote will be still because I... Uh, prefaced it with the Bears are 4-0. They still have a chance for the playoffs. No way. Noah's going to win about 80-20 to 20, even though the three of us all voted yes. It might. What do we have, Eric? 54% of the votes say yes. They believe in sports miracles. Hmm. Huh. Well, that's good. We how, have believers. How can it not be 100%? Yes. Yeah. If you're a sports fan and you, and you don't ever want to believe in the long shot, the miracle... Yeah. Then you know what's the point? There was a uh, there was a soccer team in England a couple of years ago. They were five thousand to one to win yeah. to start, and they yeah. won. 
and there's no playoffs. You just the team with the best record at the end of the season wins, and they won at five thousand to one. Wow, that was a sports miracle. And sports miracles happen all the time. Let's see, all you, the time. You put down. Who a, knew Mike Cameron could hit four homers in a game? You put down really? a thousand bucks. Uh, that's five million. Yes. And you're still coming in on Saturdays? Uh-huh. Hell yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Here's a thousand. I'm put down on the five thousand to one shot. Yeah. Well, I was at, I was at Hawthorne yesterday for the whole day, and I won two bets. Yep. So I, I didn't have Jim Miller's expertise. So hopefully he comes through today for me. You're gonna be on, on the, what's going to be a sloppy track. Keep this up. You're going to be on the odds couple pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, I might be. Uh huh. So let's let's go back to uh, can the Bears. Go four and zero. All right. Now here's here's what happens here. So the Bears got to run the table, you know, to have a chance, right? To go ten. Technically, and six. you would you would think they'd have to, yeah. Well, I guess it could be nine and seven, but not when you look at the. So the Bears got to run the table to go ten and six. Yeah. Now, Minnesota. So there'll be two wild cards. If everything like it is today in the standings, pretty much. Right. So there'll be two wild cards, as we know, in the NFC. Seattle. They're, they're, they're not, excuse me, they're nine and two right. behind San Francisco. So you got to catch them or they got to fall back to you. And or you can just figure that these, that, that Seattle and San Francisco are going to go to the playoffs. So there'll be two of them. So Seattle will be one of the wild cards or the Niners will be one of the wild cards. Well, one of them. All right. right. Of course. So okay, those exactly. two teams can go. All right. But so right. there's one more slot. Right. And that right now would be either probably, well, it's Minnesota or Green Bay because they're tied. Eight and three. <clears throat> so let's look at this. So Minnesota, for instance, if the Bears go four and zero, Fred, not a lot of numbers here. If the Bears go four and zero, they end up ten and six. Yeah. For Minnesota, or the Packers to end up ten and six, like the Bears, so you get a big three way. They they all got to go two and three. Now the Bears play Minnesota and Green Bay again. Right. So you control At both places. That's true. Yeah. But you control that destiny, at least. You right. can knock them off. Yeah. Now, you will have then, you will have beaten Minnesota twice, right? Yes. Because we beat them. Yep. We lost that stupid game to Green Bay, so we'd be even with them. So the tiebreaker would be accordingly to how you did head-to-head if you all, could you imagine if all three ended up with the same record, 10 and 6? So, but look. The, the the Vikings they got a they got a tough schedule here, Fred. They play uh, at Seattle. At Seattle, yeah. So make that a loss, let's just say, because we need that, you know, for the Bears. So that's got to be a loss. Then they got the Lions at home, so that's a win. Yeah, they can only win two of five. Then they uh, got the uh, Chargers uh, away, right? Well, so the Chargers got to win that game for the Bears. Then they got Green Bay and Chicago still left, but at home. Both home games, right? Yeah. Now, the Packers got it easier. They play the Giants, Washington, the Bears, then the Vikings, but then the Lions. So let's assume the Packers are going to just, even though they look like dog doo doo, right, the other day? I was listening. After the uh, Packers got routed by the Niners the other day, last Sunday night, Mm -hmm. I listened to. Uh, ESPN Milwaukee, 94.5. And I listened to them, and every caller talked about how bad yeah. uh, Aaron Rodgers played and how bad Green Bay Packers were. But they still said that they were going to win the division because their schedule is so easy coming up. 
It is. They said the schedule's ridiculously easy for the Green Bay Packers. Here it four, is again. They should win at least four of their next five, if not all five. Giants, Redskins, Bears, Vikings, Lions. Yeah. So they're going to, they're in. But it's the Vikings that have to only win two and lose three of the next five. And then the Bears run the board. I believe in sports miracles. Yeah. That's what would happen. If you saw the paper yesterday, Mark Potash broke it down where oh. the Bears could go nine and seven. I love him. The Vikings would have to win just one of the remaining games. Mm. Uh, the Rams would go eight and eight at the end of the year. Cowboys eight and eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eagles win their division. Yeah. And the Panthers nine and seven. But the Bears, I think, would go uh, as a result. So there's a possibility. There's always a chance. So. Believe in sports miracles. Three three two three seven seven six. Until next Friday morning, well, no. and then we'll talk about that. Here's here's the <laughs> other problem. Yeah, to go four and zero. You know, uh, in in football, it's we do this every once. Sixteen games in baseball, you play one hundred and sixty. Right. Two. So it's it's like a ten time increment, right? right. Times ten. So you have like a forty game. You have to go. <laughs> right. In baseball, you'd have to go forty and zero yeah. to get four and zero in the NFL. Well, since the Bears beat the Vikings, the Vikings are yeah. six and one. So, okay. yeah, it's, they're due for a few losses. And remember how Lovey you oh, I know we got to take a break, Eric. I'm actually going to bring up something Lovey used to do. Vote now. Back in a flash. Murph and Fred vote at ESPN 1000. Welcome back. Murph and Fred trying to brighten up a gloomy Saturday. Hey, we're a few we're minutes. We're going to try, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be gloomy all day. You know who'll really brighten things up? Top of the hour. Luke Canellis. Sweet Luke. He's probably dressed in his pinstripe uh, suit, three-piece suit, all ready to go. Bears post-game live. Ready and raring to go. Uh, one of my favorite guys. So. And when, game, when they have a doubleheader on, on Fox, yeah. they do the post-game on My 50. So it's right over there on uh, Channel 50. I saw 50. that. I yep. did that. Uh-huh. Been there, done that. Yep. So uh, mm-hmm. you can always find Lou yeah. and the rest of the guys, Jim Miller and and Corey Wooten and, and Shade, Anthony Heron. everybody, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good Who stuff. Is he? he played for the Bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember him. Yep, a little bit. A lot of people played for okay. the Bears. So real quick, before we get to a, a new segment, uh, Fred, uh, real quick, one thing that I like that Lovey Lovey Smith did. He Let used- his beard go. <laughs> He doesn't even look like Lovey, though. No. I look at him, I go, who's that? Oh, oh, it's Lovey. His beard actually makes him look younger, which is, I don't know if that's possible, <laughs> but it does. I don't know, it's really weird. I'm going to go They play Northwestern today. Uh-huh. 11 o'clock. Okay. So, uh, one thing Lovey did, it was psychological, uh, you know, maneuver for the uh-huh. players. He used to break the, the season into four quarters. Remember yeah, that? Right. Remember that, Eric, how he used to do that? Lovey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that completely. And uh, and at first, I thought that's the goofiest thing I ever heard. You know but, who talks about that a lot? Bill Belichick. He's a very much a four quarter season guy. Now, did Lovey rip it off from him? Or no, they, I don't know who said it first. Both, I think I, other coaches I have done it. It's oh. not, yeah, other coaches, have done coaches, coaches it. believe in that. Even Mongo, I asked Mongo about it. He said ah, they kind of talked about it a little bit, okay. but yeah, and they just wanted to win every game. So let's say you lose the first four games, uh-huh. and you're oh god. Then the coach says, "All right." Forget about that. We got four games now. Right. It's the second quarter of the season. And, uh, you know, we're going to go 4 0. And then it's really a, a, whoever came up with it or whoever uses it all the time. Now, let's do it with yeah. the Bears this year. Yeah, how'd that work for the Bears? Well, this year. Yeah, awful. Well, well let's look at what it is. Yeah. So the first four games, the Bears went 3 and 1. Yep. Red hot. All right. Uh huh. Now, the second 
quarter. Okay, guys, we won the first quarter. Let's get that second quarter going. Woo! Oh, and four. Yeah. That but, was brilliant. But then Lovey comes in. Or neg- All right, forget about that. We got four coming up. We got the uh, you know third quarter of the we right. got uh, we got Detroit uh, we got the Rams the Giants and Detroit so they went three and one three and one so to recap three and one zero oh and four three and one yes now they got to go four and zero oh. uh-huh. that's it that's as simple as that we're starting over yep starting new yeah that's, I'm sure that's what they've talked about mm-hmm. among other things so it wasn't just Lovey. No, okay. I think it's other I, coaches, but okay. that's the first time I, the first time it really made it public. A lot of times, uh, you know, because for longest time, what happened in the locker room stayed in the locker room, and then all of a sudden, social media yeah. and okay. more reporters and more sports talk radio and okay. everything else. And now we know everything. Hey, time for our new segment. I'm not saying we're smart. I just say we know everything that is going on. Fred so. will know is what we're going to call this, or Fred will know. All right, now Fred. You've always had strong conviction on this one thing. Well, many things. Don't get me wrong. The stri- automated strike zone? No. Oh. Well, yes. You hate when the kick returner takes the ball out of the end out zone. Out of the end zone. Especially seven yards deep. And because, which Nagy called nine in the presser, but it was seven. Yeah, you're it was right. seven. And, uh, and, and your logic. Well, did you hear what Joe Buck said? Because that was the second kick, because there were penalties on the ah, first one. Yeah. And Joe Buck said, here's the kick. <laughs> he goes, Cordero, please take a knee. And look what happens. Yeah, and he returned it all the way to the 50. Well, and 50, credited with 57 yards. Yeah. So uh, what'd you think of that? Because I know what you, and you're very solid. I'm and, just going and, percentages. Well, I know, because you're, they're giving you 25 yards. They're giving yards. you 25 yards. And you're not going to fumble, right? right. You gotta, I mean, you're all not going to fumble. You're not going to get a holding penalty. That's you're not right. going to get a block in the back. No flag. You're going to get the ball at the 25. Now, now, if you're losing yeah. and you're late in the game, then it makes sense maybe to return it out of the end zone. Let the record show, Eric. He said maybe. Right. Okay. Not he did all the time. a little bit there, though. <laughs> yeah. Not all the time. Well, I remember Cohen, his first year, ran it out a few times. Yeah. And I said, well, Fred, here's a guy that can pop it. You know, he can pop it. We all can. But <laughs> look, at, look at how many times in the course of a year they return the ball. What do you mean, we? Look at how many times they returned the ball past the 25. Mm-hmm. How many times has Cordero Patterson returned the ball past the 25 but this year? But he can pop it. Yeah, but he can also have a stop before the 25, then a holding penalty. How many times this year have the Bears started their drive inside their own 10? They got this guy for basically one reason, to pop it. Yeah. And look at all the kicks. Don't now. ever, and please, please, don't ever put him as a wide receiver because he can't catch the ball. That's why he's not a receiver all the time. Thursday after the game, Coach Nagy, what would you think about Cordero Patterson? That's another key point is the, the starting field position. So, you know, uh, Cordero is nine yards deep in the end zone. Seven. And it's hard to cover a kickoff twice. So they kick it, he catches it nine yards deep and takes it to, you know, midfield. That That's that's a, a key element, field position. So the last couple of games we've been behind the sticks on offense with field position. To start right there, you don't need as many first downs and you're already in a, in a good position. So I think that part helped out. I think they started three drives in the mm-hmm. first half against the Giants yeah. inside their own 10. I know. And some of that is because you get penalties on yeah. kickoffs. Like I said, um, Bill Belichick's guys, I think the only time Bill Belichick's guys ever return a kickoff is if it's kicked mm-hmm. short of the goal line. There was another kickoff in the game on Thursday that bounced, and Cordero returned it 
to the 32, 33, but it was bouncing to him. If it's bouncing right to you, let it take it and go. There was another one that bounced, but it bounced to his right. He left to go through the end zone, well, and both, they started at the 25. Both teams kicked off once out of bounds, right, in the Lions game? Yeah. And, and the reason that Nagy won it the was... The opening kick of the game. Well, yeah. Panero kicked out of bounds. Yeah. yeah. We're all excited. He'll Very be, nice. He'll be in the NFL next year. Yeah. Unbelievable. If they expand to about 50 teams. It's a, it's amazing what, you know, some of those mistakes that they were making. The, the more amazing thing about the 50-yard return is if you remember the opening kick, he got hit hard. Oh, and well, it looked like he was going to have to go out. Well, but then a, he was standing right. back there and still returned the kick. Well, double flag. Right. It was double penalty, which I've never, offset. By the way, I have never in my history, the life of watching the NFL, yeah. seen a double penalty on, the, on a kickoff. Offsetting on the kickoff. Never. Kick again. I've never seen it. And think about it. Why did they have to kick again? Because somebody on the Bears 47. got a penalty for a block in the back hold. or a hold. Oh, one of the yeah. two. That so was, sidebar, because uh, you're talking offsetting, I've never seen it called where they call offensive and defensive pass interference. No, oh, two guys battling. They were hugging I'm each other. I'm surprised they just didn't pick the flag they up. That's usually the what they did. Right. I've never, yeah, I've never seen that either. Those, that was neat. So two calls in the last week that I've never seen before. You you got two penalties, uh, you know, penalty at each team in the kickoff and back-to-back pass interference calls. Let me calls. tell you something. You could do the double flag on pass now on both every pass. Both guys are hand fighting. Usually, yeah, but that was ridiculous. Well, yeah, I don't, I, and I didn't see the penalty on on uh, the other player. I saw the penalty on screen. Yeah, yeah. Screen had him completely. I, I I've been a, I was in high school dances where I didn't have my arms weren't that wrapped. Twelve inches, unbelievable. Stand no, no, apart, there was no, there were no apart. inches. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> it was crazy. Buster Screen had him in such a hug. I thought it was like his long lost brother that he had never seen before. You mean at the uh, Martin uh, dances, you didn't have to stay yeah. a certain amount of distance yeah, I went away? To, I went to one. Uh-huh. I was a, I was I a big dance guy. There's not too uh-huh. much I believe in unless I see it. Saw so, some of my uh, classmates last night. We had our uh, annual, our biannual, I guess it would be, right? Uh, that would be twice a year. Is that the 10th anniversary, high school 10th reunion? No, no, this is just every year we do it twice. We get together uh-huh. on the day after Thanksgiving yeah. and on Good Friday. Whoever can make it makes it. We have a couple mm. drinks, have yeah. some pizza. Informal. And last night was one of them. Casual. Those it's are the ca- Casual. That's why. That's why we go because it's casual. Say, it was what? formal. I'm not going at Lions Township High School. Yeah. So they. Oh, let's all get together. It's got to be real organized. Right, we're going to make reservations. Let me know if you're kind. Of, you're crazy. Just say be here. Or, you know, you're not. Well, you do those things for the 20th and the 25th and the well, 30th. Those are formal, right? Right. More. But those right. But we do it yeah, twice a year, deal. and anybody can come. Anybody that graduated mm-hmm. a more niece from like in the 70s. Yeah, it was just seventy five. Now it's anybody. Mm-hmm. So we I saw people from Cicero. everywhere. There's not I too know. much I believe in unless I, I see it. I, uh, I believed in Miller High Life yesterday. Number seventeen. I tell you, long time. I drank Miller, Miller High Life. He had the High Life. Yeah, and every time he catches he's the ball, a he makes sure. Work. He's he breaks, a, he break he. You love him, then he breaks your heart with a stupid penalty. Yeah, but he had a, he had the best game of the of the year for him. Yeah, career high nine career, catches. So what? Last year, the Bears, three guys had their best games for sure this year. That would be uh, Trubisky, Anthony Miller, and Roquan, right? Roquan was unbelievable. Yeah. 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 Fred will know. That's our new segment. All right. Fred, what, Fred, what's going on with field goals across the NFL? Not only field goals, but extra points. Well, let's It's look. some of the worst thing, that, worst kicking I've ever yeah. seen in my life. Here's some. I did a little. I, I stole a page from John DeWance, uh-huh. Statman. All right. NFL. 
Here's the other sheet. NFL field goal percentage. All right. Let's go back one, two, three, four, about seven, eight years. All right. Every year from 2014, 2015, 2016, 17, and 18, the percentage made <laughs> is 84% yeah. and a fraction. Every year. Is that amazing? One, two, that is. Five straight years, 84%, 0.2 or 0.5, you know, have been good. This year, Fred, look what it is. 79.9%. So call it 80. It's a drop of 4.5%, which out of, out of 80 would be 5%. That's terrible. This is, this is almost statistically impossible well, and, and it could be, to happen. It could be that some of the kickers are getting older. I, I mean, know. you got Vinatieri in, in Indiana, Indianapolis, who's getting older. He's bad. Uh, Greg Zerline's not as good as he used to be. Um, there's a lot of kickers that were, you know, uh, Robbie Gold has missed, I think, this year, too. 84% um, every year for five years, and now it's 80, 79%. That doesn't happen statistically ever in no. sports. And sometimes you get sometimes you get some kicker injuries, yeah. and then you get a backup kicker who's not very good. That's a backup kicker. Fred will know. So I'm trying to figure it out because it's bad because you don't have extra points on here because extra points are just as bad. That's on page two. There's extra points extra, are worse. Well, there's the actual printout. So I'll wrap it up with this. Listen to this. The field goal percentage this year in the NFL is the lowest since 2003. 2003. We're talking, what, 16 years. It's the, uh, it's the lowest it's been. It's unfathomable. Well, and look at the extra points. You're right. Extra points is actually the worst, the lowest it's been ever. Now, extra points, they moved back right. about three, four years ago. Well, you can tell when they moved them back. Oh, yeah, there's in, a big drop-up. Right. In 2014, extra right. points were 99.3%. In 2015, they were 942 yeah. But right now, they're 93.2%. Yeah. So they're still getting made, but they're still missing them more than they've ever missed. Well, it used to be automatic. Yeah. You know, with a shorter kick, it was 99, 99, 99. If you listen, if you listen to Tom <laughs> Waddle the other day, Waddle and Sylvie, you should listen every day anyway, 2 to 6. Yeah. But he mentioned that he wasn't for them moving the, the extra point back. He said, yeah. but now... Because he didn't, he didn't think it would make much of a, a difference. Oh, it's huge. It's making a huge difference now in games. How about when the Bears last Sunday had a 40, stupidly, stupidly went for two. 48-yard right. extra point. Hey, we'll cover that. Got to take a quick break. Sweet Lou Canoa said he'll phone in in a few minutes. Smurf and Fred back in a flash. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Smurf and Fred every Saturday, 9 a.m., I figured it out, Fred. Okay. I know how these field goal uh, percentages can improve. How's that? Well, if you put Mongo, Steve Mongo McMichael, in the uh, locker room with these guys, uh -huh. and then he says, if you miss that field goal, well, here, let's bring in Mongo. This was, this was Mongo and Fred last Sunday. This is great. Kevin Butler misses that game-winning field goal like an extra point, and he's crying in the locker room. I said, stand up and be a man. He kept crying. I threw him across the room and broke his arm. You know why nobody, you know, he kicked for, for a month with a cast on you. Why nobody noticed? He's just a kicker. He's just a kicker. He's a kicker. Yeah. There you go. That would be the incentive to get the field goal percentage and an extra yeah. point percentage back yeah. up. Uh, could you imagine he threw Butler <laughs> against the wall? Could you imagine what would have happened if Eddie Pinero would have got thrown up against the wall? Oh, hey, my Lord. Let's Pay off a few of the Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll questions we have active right now. 
And uh, bringing EO11. How'd the fans vote on this one? Who do you have the most confidence in? Rick Renteria, Matt Nagy, Jim Boylan, Jeremy Colleton. Now, we only have room for four, but we don't know yet if there's confidence in David Ross or not. So right. there's your four to pick from. Hmm. Everyone's down on Nagy. So that means they can't vote for him. They give the, the, they give Rick Ren- I don't know what's happening here. I want Renteria. Rick Renteria is going to win this yeah, one. And I don't have, I, and I don't think managers mean a whole heck of a lot. So what does that tell you? <laughs> what do we got, Eric? All right, from the bottom with 1%, Jim Boylan, 14% <laughs> Jeremy Colleton, 40% Matt Nagy, and Rick Renteria, 45%. There you go. The winner. It's a there consolation prize right Rick there. Renteria, he used and to just be imagine. Ricky. Now yeah. he's Rick. And just imagine if uh, if they actually get Zach Wheeler in the next week or so. The Lions recovered uh, the onside kick when the ball ricocheted off the up man, good old number 26, Deion Bush. Hey. It was a planned kick maneuver, or B, it was a bad kick that worked out good. I think it was planned. A lot of experts said, no, you don't plan something like that. I think it's going to be 90% planned. What do we got? Eric, did you vote? I I think it was planned, absolutely. Uh, 71% of Twitter agrees with us that it was planned. Let me tell you something. The uh, special team coach... Chris Tabor, he's the best they've ever heard. had. He's the best coach that ever coached special teams for what I've been and told. And let the record show you've been on that for a long time. Oh, my time. God. You're not jumping off his bandwagon now. When you review or replay that kick, the yeah. kickoff, the ricochet, and then the onset, guess what? The Lions were smart. All the Bears up on the front, right? Immediately start they moving were backwards. all running yeah. backwards yeah. by the time the kick was made. Right. And they saw that and they said, you know what, throw one in there. And I don't know that they meant ricocheted. That might have been dumb luck. Uh-huh. But it was a planned play. And then the next kickoff after that, all the Bears stood right there looking forward. There you go. Until the kick went up in the air past them. Tabor, is that his name? Yeah, Chris Tabor. Won't be there much longer. Best special teams coach in the NFL, from what I've been told. Stick around. Luke Canales, Fox TV. Must talk a little Bears with us. It's ESPN 1000. Welcome back. Murph and Fred. It's Saturday. Saturdays are all right. One minute away from sweet Luke Canales, Fox TV. Interesting. Uh, you know... The blame game, is it's easy out there. Uh, who, who doesn't love blaming people? Uh, vote, I love it. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Will Mitch Trubisky, multiple choice, be the Bears' starting quarterback game one next year? A, B, C, D, vote now. Yes, 100%. B, well, most likely, yeah. Uh-huh. C, long shot. D, no chance. Reason I bring this up, and we go now to uh, when we bring in Lou. Uh, here's from Brad Biggs. I think other people had this, but I saw Biggsy at the Tribune. Wide receiver Anthony Miller ran a 16-yard uh, route, and the play was uh, supposed to be 14 yards. A couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. Oh, thank yeah. you. Right, right, of course. Yeah, yeah. In an effort, uh, and Trubisky, whose pass would have been uh, high, but, uh, you know, probably perfect for 16, was too high at Miller's shorter depth of, of 14. So, you know, it's easy to ball a quarterback. You don't know. It happens know. all the time. What when, do we know? It happens all the time. When Jay Cutler was here, 
so yeah. many times they would blame Cutler for interceptions, and then you would see Cutler go to talk to the receiver on the way back to the uh, sideline, basically just saying, you know, you're supposed to run that two yards shorter huh. or two yards deeper. But it went down as Jay's interception. Well, I was watching uh, uh, Bears uh, post-game live, they call it, over on Fox Thursday, and Sweet Lou talking about uh, Trubisky, mental toughness, and he took a beating on social media, and uh, let's bring in oh, one of our favorite guys, one of my favorite guys, Lou, Can I, and you too, right, Fred? Yeah, he only kind of likes me a little bit, but yeah. Oh, he loves me, he's sweet <laughs> Lou. Morning, Lou, Murph and Fred. Good morning, boys. Happy <laughs> Thanksgiving. What's going on, Lou? Same to you. Hey, you guys were great, as always, uh, Thursday after afterwards, uh, Bears post-game live, Fox TV. Corey Wooten and uh, Anthony Heron on the flanks. You're right next to the old quarter, the, the ex quarterback. He's not an old quarterback, Jim. Ah, he's an old quarterback. You can say that. And Luke Canales. An yeah. yeah, he is. <laughs> you guys have fun. It looks like you have fun doing that show, Lou. Oh, those guys are great guys. Listen, all three, and they do. They know their football, and that's what I love most about them. And they work mm. at it, and it's been a great season. It's actually been two great years of Bears post game live. And can I tell you guys, and Fred, I know you know this because you do your own post-game, pre-game show. It's so much easier and more fun to do a post-game show after a Bears win opposed to what we've seen for the most part this year. Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, the fun part about it is it, it, your camera guy or whoever your director or producer is in the in the, um, in the control room, when, when Heron starts talking, they like zoom in on just him. And he's got this look into the camera, like you better listen to what I'm saying because it's the truth. And I every I, I think about it every time. I go, I'm listening to. It. I mean, Jim Miller will look at the camera and I'll say, okay. But all of a sudden, Heron looks like, well, hold on, I got to listen to everything Anthony's saying because he's got he knows it. He's got it right down, and he he's very serious. And I love the way you guys break down the game. Well, he's so good at what he does, Anthony. And what he does is he gives us a perspective from the defensive side of the football, something that Jim isn't able to do. And uh, in a case like Thursday, we're fortunate in that Corey Wooten's in there as well, and he brings us not only the defensive side of the football, but, you know, Corey takes us inside the Bears' locker room often and tells us what it's like as a player in this city, as a Chicago Bear, and, and the difficulties that that come with that job because football, because being a Bear in Chicago is such a big deal, opposed to playing, whether it was when he played in Minnesota or, you know, Jim over the course of his career taking him to Pittsburgh and other right. New England where he played. Nothing is like being a bear in the NFL. In fact, uh, Jim Miller, well, first, uh, you were uh, you were spot on. He said, I can't, you know, you said the social media has really given Mitch Trubisky a beating, you know, not running uh, for that first down. You mentioned, uh, you know, could there be a shoulder injury? And then Jim Miller, he followed up, and this was good stuff as all, all you guys had, but he says, I know this. Now, Jim Miller, quarterback, ended up, you know, great year in, years in Chicago. He says, I know this personally. I wrote this down word for word, Lou. You got to be Teflon. Teflon. He said, I was tougher by the time later in my career when I got to the Bears. I thought that was very important. A guy like Jim Miller admitting, you know, hey, I was tougher basically as the years went on. And uh, and you were talking about social media giving Mitch a rough ride also, Lou. At that time, remember, Jim wasn't even dealing with social media. Right. So he, he, he matured 
and became more of a Teflon man, as he said, was able to handle criticism far better when he left Chicago opposed to when he came to this town. And in Mitch's case, you know, and you guys have seen him at the press conferences, you've heard him talk to the media. When Mitch came in, all right, he was green behind the ears. He was a happy-go-lucky guy. As I said in the postgame show, Murph, this guy has taken a beating, not on, not only on social media, on TV, every night with sportscasts, and, and for some some point for good reason all right he hasn't he hasn't played like the quarterback we thought he was going to develop into this season under Matt Nagy now that doesn't mean that the guy's career is over unfortunately we become a society where hey if we don't get instant gratification throw him out make a move bring in someone else and I hear it all the time and my response is always the same if you get rid of Mitch who's going to be the quarterback you yeah. make it sound like there's 30 other great quarterbacks out there to replace Mitchell Trubisky with. Yeah. And there just aren't. Don't tell me about Cam Newton. The guy's been working on a bad ankle for two seasons. So why would you commit that kind of money to a guy who's still not healthy? Who else is out there? Tell me. Who else is out there? We talk about bringing in a veteran to compete with Mitch, and I don't dispute the fact that they should this offseason. But what is a better option out there to bring in that's going to replace Mitchell Trubisky as your quarterback? You have you have no draft equity to trade, so it's not like you can go make some hell of a deal. Okay, there aren't many guys on the street that can play the position better than he has right now. And as you guys said before, you brought it to me. He's not the only guy at fault. No. When Miller runs the wrong route. When Charles Leno is the most, most penalized tackle in football, when you have a coaching staff that isn't coaching to the talent of your quarterback, but instead is trying to coach because they want to they want to run a game plan that they feel more comfortable with, then you've got a quarterback that isn't put in the position to win. And I think that for all those reasons, Trubisky has struggled. Has he had his faults? Absolutely. Has he developed like we thought he would? No, he has not. But the season isn't won in 12 games. I don't know if you guys saw the story, but I believe it was Dan Weeder and the uh, Tribune brought it up today. Uh-huh. Don't forget, Philadelphia in 2018 opened up 4-6. and six yep. And then went on and won a Super Bowl. It's who finishes hottest at the end that gets into that game at the play, that gets into the playoff party at the end. That's what matters most. And until they're out of it, officially, they're not out of it. And they got Akeem Hicks coming back against Green Bay. I'm excited about the next four games. You know, you brought up, a, I thought, a great point that doesn't get looked on. Uh, and it's a lot of the fans, and I don't blame them because we've never had the experience. But it's almost like once you win, all of a sudden now you're expected to win all the time. It happens with the, happened with the Cubs, who didn't win a World Series for a long time. Happened with the Blackhawks. They won three in a row. And all of a sudden now... That what you hear from Blackhawk fans is like, oh, they're terrible. I'm not going to go. This is you, you won three championships in five in six years or whatever. And it's like it's crazy, uh, and it happens a lot. Last year, the Bears, after not having much success, they get a new coach. They go twelve and four, and the and I understand how everybody wants a winner, and I understand uh, how you thought it should be better, Lou. I've tried to figure out looking at Trubisky. I could not have seen what's happening now. 
after what he did last year. I thought it was just going to be growing. And I was surprised when I saw what appeared to be, and I know we're looking at, you know, we're looking at body language, but what appeared to be a lack of confidence in him. I don't know where that came from. Do you have any answers? I don't have any answers, but I see the same thing that you're seeing, Fred. I see a kid. Now, that's why Thursday was so important, even if it was against the 30th-ranked defense in the NFL. Yep. It was so important because for the first time this season, the Bears won a game because of Mitchell Trubisky. All right? And that, for a young player in this league, is so important, not only for himself. It's important in that locker room. Why did he take a step back? I don't know. Do they miss Jordan Howard? The running game hasn't been there. The offensive line hasn't played as well as it uh, as, as it did a year ago. The play calling has been suspect. Everyone is responsible for this six and six start through twelve games. You know, it, we're through twelve games and they're still shuffling players in, and and there's no time left on on the play clock. Yeah. So now you put your you put your quarterback in a position uh, where where he's got. Here's the play that I really want to bring up, okay? So he completes the pass, and I I, I think it was they end up in a position where they're fourth and six, and he's running down to the line of scrimmage, and he understands that. I think it was the Miller play. It it wasn't fourth and six. It was the Miller catch, and he's running down towards the um, inside the five- or six-yard line. I don't remember exactly where it was. And he wants to get a playoff. And he's just not on the same page with the coaching staff because he's trying to run a play right away. He can't get his own teammates up to the line of Mm -hmm. scrimmage. And the coaches are shuffling in players. Yeah. And there's just so many different factors that have put this kid in a position where he can't succeed. Again, he has made his mistakes. He has not developed like everyone thought he was going to develop. We all can agree that the offense has taken a step back this year. But it's taken a step back. For a whole bunch of reasons, not only because of number 10. And uh, 88 was late coming in, uh, Ridley. Uh, also, one time the referee was standing right next to Trubisky as the clock's down to about 2-1 uh, after they set the ball. So a lot of things working uh, against him. But, you know, peop- in fact, let's bring in uh, Eric Ostrowski. Here's why, Lou. We have a, uh, we have a Twitter poll where... Uh, Anxious to get the results right now. And it's just what we've been talking about. Will Mitch Trubisky be the Bears' starting quarterback game one next year? And this is what we do in Sports Talk Radio. So you could vote yes, 100%. B, most likely. C, it's a long shot. D, no chance. And like you were saying, and I don't see, I'm voting 100%. I just don't see it changing. I think I'm going to stick with him. I think he's still going to improve. But let's see what the fans said. Eric, give it to us from the uh, the bottom up. What what the fans say about uh, Mitch opening up game one next year? So only 4% voted for uh, no chance. 9% voted for long shot. 28% said 100% he'll be the starter. And then 60% said most likely he'll be the starter so in 2020. we got 80% plus saying most likely yeah, or 100%. I'm happy to hear that. Actually, I'm stunned. I thought it would be maybe the tide's turning after his two best games of the year back, yeah. to, back to back. Or they may have said most likely, Lou, because they just think that the Bears organization slow to change. Oh, come on, Fred. I'm, I'm thinking that's <laughs> why a lot of fans might have said most likely. Okay. All right. 
Well, Fred, listen, Fred brings up a great point. Ryan Pace traded up and with the second pick of the draft, selected Mitchell Trubisky. So Ryan Pace's career mm. is dictated by the success of Mitchell Trubisky as well. Matt Nagy was brought here to develop him into a top-tier quarterback. So when your two top guys in the organization, or at least not in the organization, but with with uh, the product on the football field, when your two top guys commit uh, that much to a guy like Mitchell, they're going to give him all the chances in the world to succeed. I'm not saying that they should pick up the fifth-year option on his contract yet. Let's see what happens. It's a great test these last four games. Oh, yeah. Okay? It, it, it's a, it, I, I'm excited because it's a great test. We'll find out. Can he carry the momentum over at home on Thursday against the Cowboys team that's reeling? Then, all right, they've got a monster game against the Packers because they could have Akeem Hicks back, which means that defense could be the defense that we saw a year ago. Don't tell me about Kansas City going to the Super Bowl. They got their own issues. They're seven and five, and if they lose to Oakland this mm. weekend, they're seven and six. Okay, so they're not that great. So there are teams. Everyone's got their warts out there. Let's just see if the Bears develop now through a tough part of the schedule in the month of December. Final couple minutes. Always appreciate his personal time. Lou Canellis, check out Fox uh, Local here after the games. Of course, Bears post-game live. Uh, Jim Miller and Anthony Heron, uh, Corey Wooten, and Lou. Lou, I, I guess uh, the, the, we're talking about, you know, can, okay, if the Bears go 4-0, this, I mean, here's the reality. They got to run the table to be 10 and 6. To get a wild card, Minnesota would, to go 10 and 6, has to go 2 and 3. So, 4 and 0 for the Bears, 2 and 3 for Minnie, and then you tie them. And you get to play them. And then you would have the tiebreaker because you, you know, would have probably had to beat them twice. They got Seattle. Then the Lions, okay. Then they got the Chargers, anything can happen. Green Bay and the Bears. Minnesota doesn't have an automatic walk through this, do they? No, they don't. I mean, listen, Seattle's been one of the big surprises in the NFC along with the Niners. So they're going to play at Seattle. Great test. Let's say that they lose that game. Mm-hmm. They'll, beat the, they'll beat the Lions. They'll probably beat the Chargers, but I've seen crazy things happen at this point in the season. All right, and you're playing in L.A. Then they've got the Packers. So who's better? The Packers or the Vikings? Mm-hmm. We'll find out. And they wrap up with the Bears. And remember, <laughs> if the Bears win that last game of the season, yeah. the Bears win the tiebreaker yes. because they beat them twice. Exactly. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's a nice way to do it. Let me ask you, uh, how, do you how, how can you on a weekly basis actually work with Joniak? Isn't that tough to do? <laughs> <laughs> I love Joniak. Listen. And Jeff is in a far greater mood this weekend than he is. Yes, he is. They're coming off a lot. <laughs> you know, hey, listen, people, do people know this, Fred? I don't know if you've ever talked about it, but Jeff and I broke in the business together, uh-huh. all right, under Fred Hubner at Sports Phone. Freddie hired both Joniak and I back in 19, I want to say, because I was going to Loyola, so it was probably 1983, 1984. Yeah. And, and in our business, you need a guy that's going to be there for you. It's a competitive business, and everyone's competing for the same job. But you need that one guy that's going to help carry the torch for you. And Jeff has always been that guy for me, and I've been there for him as well. There is, you know, He's gotten a lot of awards recently and a lot of nice write-ups and things like that. The one thing that you – the only thing that I want to let people know, there's nobody harder on themselves than Jeff. Hopefully, you know – 
every once in a while, I just like to see him exhale and relax. You know, the fade to black. Yeah, the fade to black, I think it's for him. So he just relaxes. I think that's why it's not for the fans to fade to black and everything else. It's just for him to say, okay, now I can take a breath. Now I can relax. I'm I'm with you. He's a perfectionist and no one works at his craft harder. I I can promise you that. That's amazing. People wouldn't believe it now, but uh, sports phone was how the gamblers would he had the phone in to hear the scores. He didn't want to wait for the paper tomorrow. People go, oh, my God, what are these guys talking about? Me? I didn't. Uh, I wasn't a gambler, uh, even though I had not met uh, Doug Buffon yet, who said, hey, little buddy, he who gambles lives in shambles. <laughs> but I would call in because quickie quiz in a minute. There I go. go. I'm going to win. Never won the quickie quiz. Who wrote those? <laughs> Did Joniak write those or we, the we, Sweet we Lou? All, we, came, we all came up with whatever we could find. Fred Fred was the man in charge and and here true story yeah. uh we would do 110 115,000 calls on college football Saturday yep. and and NFL Sunday is that crazy or what it's nuts absolutely crazy there were times where we were doing updates every 5 minutes we do an update open the door get new scores close the door do another update it was nuts it was uh it was nuts but you know what it made us all better i think Fred, 35 years later, yeah. I could do a sports phone report in 58 seconds sitting right here at my desk. <laughs> yeah, I know. Luke but for Sports Phone brought to you by the Sun-Times Chicago Sports Authority. More scores at 312-976-2525. Sports Phone Extra in college football. Wait a minute. Wait, it's ingrained you forgot. in my brain. Yeah. You forgot. Quickie quiz in a minute. Not on weekends. That's yeah. a nice thing. Oh. No quiz on the weekends. <laughs> we had to come up with time with, for it. Yeah, we had to come up with fillers during the week. Hey, right. Lou, great great to visit with you. I remind everyone after the game, uh, there's a post-game live on Fox. And uh, So what does a Lou Canellis do on a Sunday off? Well, on a Sunday off, I'm going to take my beautiful little daughter, who's 18 months old, and my wife to church because I'm never wow. around on Sundays, and we're going to spend wow. the day. And we went for – I took little Gia and my wife yesterday to Coach Ditka's for lunch, and we took a great picture, and we took a picture at the Christmas tree at mm-hmm. the Drake Hotel. So we're going out again. It, this is a, I love this weekend because – the Bears playing on Thursday gives me the chance to spend time with sure. my two beautiful uh, ladies in my life. Well, That's great. It's a beautiful story. I recommend anyone wants to Google it up. It's a beautiful, a surrogate story. And, and uh, little G is doing okay? She's awesome. Man. Uh, I'll tell you, I, cool. I, I can tell you this, Murph. Yeah. My daughter will either be doing what I'm doing on new, on the news uh-huh. or she's going to be a little actress. She cares. The one gene that she brought with it, yeah. that she has is the Luke Canales personality of being in front of the camera. She loves it at 18 months old. Either those two are yeah. a restaurant owner. Yeah. <laughs> I hope no one gets the gene which was going down on you know, Rush Street. That No one got that gene, right? No, I don't want to. those were the old days. <laughs> I know. Well that's what happens when you that's what happens when you go to Loyola, you're too close. Uh-uh. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pippins is right there. All right. We better let Lou go now. He'll never come out again. Lou, thanks, oh, a, no. thanks, thanks a million. And uh, uh, Bears post uh, game live. Say hi to all your guys here. Thanks, Lou. Have a great holiday, boys. You too. You too. See you later. Yeah, Lou, Lou is a great, great guy. Went uh, to Loyola. And, sweet uh, Lou.
All the guys that came out of, or that worked at Sportsman that came out of Loyola, Jeff Hagedorn, who went out and did some uh, some play-by-play down in Houston, and yeah. Brian Wheeler, who did, up until this past year, he'd been the Portland Trailblazers, mm-hmm. the voice of the Blazers for years and years, and they were all sports phone guys, along with Chris Bowden and uh, yeah. Schuster and Offman uh, and me and Joniak, and yeah. it was amazing how many people came out of there. We'll get back on the Bears beat right now. Any of our earlier uh, topics... Vote uh, at ESPN 1000 or call in 332-3776, area code 312. Lou brought up one great point, though, when we were talking one. about, well, the, the one point of the, about where the Bears are going to go. Do you? I mean, a lot of people like Cam Newton, and Newton's been dealing with injuries for the last couple of years. Marcus Mariota is a guy that lost his job with the Titans. You want to bring a guy like that in to have him compete? And, you know, what do you think Matt Nagy is going to be able to teach him that kind of offense? I, I don't know where they're going to go without first-round picks. Mm-hmm. They have two second-rounders, but no first-rounder, and it's not like they're going to be, be trading any of their guys to move up to, in the draft, I wouldn't think at least. So it's going to be interesting to see what Ryan Pace does. Here's the way I worded this, uh, Fred. Uh, so it turns out uh, that Dakeem Hicks is just as important than Camille, Khalil Mack, question mark, true or false. And, you know, a few weeks ago, this would have been crazy. What are you talking about? And then the more you watch, the more you watch. Now, Mac is eligible. I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> Hicks. Hicks, thank you, Fred. Hicks is eligible to be back for games 14, 15, and 16. He's back, they say, expected back at practice this week. Right. I mean, and that would be huge if this continues uh, rolling the way Bears fans have, uh, you know, our fingers crossed for the Yeah, they would have the Packers, Packers, Chiefs, and Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. And it appears that this guy, Hicks, is so important, not not only to Mac, but also uh, in the middle, Goldman, you know. It just makes everybody's job a little easier when they can't just... And they they don't double-team Mac every play. That's becoming more and more apparent. But they usually chip or block or have another guy back. Well, and here's in uh, Mark Potash's breakdown of the Bears when he graded the defensive line the other day. Oh, yeah. It's probably one of the better grades the D-line has gotten. And it wasn't because of Khalil Mack, basically. He's got here Eddie Goldman three tackles at an early tone mm-hmm. when he, with help from Mack, dropped uh, Bo Scarborough for a five-yard loss in the Lions' first offensive play. Nick Williams, third down pressure as the Lions had to settle for a field goal. And Bilal Nichols had four tackles and a quarterback hit. You know, I didn't realize that. The I didn't either. Watching the game, I didn't notice Nichols was doing so much. But the middle of that defensive line made an impact, and that's what they've been waiting for. And when the middle of the defensive line makes an impact, then you're going to be you know, Khalil Mack's going to be able to get his work done. Eric, what the Bears fans say? How they vote on this? Uh, that uh, turns out, this is my opinion. Turns out that Akeem Hicks is just as important as Khalil Mack. True or false? I've been waiting all day to hear the results of this. 82% of the votes saying true. All right. He is important, as just as important as Khalil Mack. Wow. Uh, Let's talk about that when we return. For all those Jordan Howard fans, uh, the Eagles running back uh, has got a shoulder injury and ruled out for tomorrow's game with the Dolphins. Don't forget tomorrow when you're getting ready for your uh, fantasy football, you'll have fantasy football uh, focus or what is it? Fantasy? That's, what's it called? Frenzy. Fantasy football. There you go. Fantasy football frenzy. With See, Jeff Miller. Me there. Yeah, with Jeff Miller tomorrow morning at 8. And I'll be here from 9 to noon. There's no Bears game. We'll be talking NFL, 
Bears and getting you ready for one of the better games of the weekend, and that is the Niners and the Ravens uh, in Baltimore, a noon start, which we've got tomorrow here in the air. We have a doubleheader of NFL action tomorrow afternoon. Murph and Fred, Saturdays at 9 a.m., back in a flash, ESPN 1000. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Hope you're having a great Saturday. Weather accepted. Oh, maybe you love the weather. Well, some people probably like this, Fred. It's a perfect day to take a nap. <laughs> perfect day. What day isn't, huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is this is a outside. It's, yeah. it's not like thunder and lightning. It's just like overcast and dreary and hmm. yeah. No, plus after all of the uh, shopping that some people may or may not have done yesterday, mm-hmm. it's still the shopping centers will still be packed all weekend. You know who's amazing? Let's go to number 32, David Montgomery. Okay. I mean, I re- I'll still, I never will forget the scouting report, Bears first pick, third round overall, of course, from uh, our lads, Dan uh-huh. Shanka. And uh, the first thing was this guy led college statistically right. for two years. Yep. In, you know, breaking tackles or yards after contact, you know, whatever the heck they had. And you watch him, and you think it's no game, and he squirts through for like four. Uh You think he's going to pick up two, and he he picks up seven. Here's Coach Nagy talking about good old number 32, David Montgomery. Coach? For David to average 4.7 yards per carry, Mm -hmm. what did you see in the running game? when he was carrying the ball. Yeah, you know what? Um, you could just feel our, our offensive linemen getting to the second level. Good angles with their blocks. David was running hard. I mean, he was breaking tackles. Uh, he, had, he even he had, a what, a 14- or 15-yard run that got called back. So it, his average might have been even higher, and he might have got close to cracking 100 yards uh, with a couple penalties that we had. But you felt that. I felt it as a play caller. You felt like you were getting you were getting a second and five, second and four, more than second and nine, second and eight. And, and that's a credit to our offensive line. We, we always talk about it's not speed to the hole, but speed through the hole. So there's patience getting there. And then once you get there, now you got to feel, okay, where's the defense? going and you react off of that and he has a nice burst right there and so early on in the game he had one where he ran it he, in the middle he froze and then he busted it to the right that might be the one you're talking about um, down in the red zone and and so I just think that David has a really really good vision he has great feel for where defenders are going to be and then when they get there he does a great job of breaking tackles it has good contact balance I like that phrase contact balance yeah one of the uh, things that a lot of people it might have been tom waddle i do have a tendency to listen to the waddle and sylvie show two to six um and but he had said that it seemed like for a little while montgomery was dancing behind the line of scrimmage instead of looking mm-hmm. to get to a hole and hitting it quickly hmm. but it looked like in the last couple of games he's been getting to the hole and then when you heard Nagy talk about how he needs the offensive line to get to the next level and they did that a lot the other day again it, it was against the lions now hopefully they can do the thing same thing because Dallas's defense is a big step up from uh, the Detroit defense. You know, I was poking around uh, trying to find up-to-date stats, NFL numbers on uh, well, they call it yards after contact. Right. I'm pretty explanatory. You you know, can find, you, yeah, you can find yards after catch and things like that yeah, easily enough, but it's hard a, to find the other ones. And Eric Ostrowski, I know you were like, did you ever find anything on that, Eric? I did. I found this. this is from Pro Football Focus. Uh-huh. There are 52 qualified running backs based on, uh, like, carries, based on amount of carries. David Montgomery ranks out of 52, 49th. 
So he is the third worst out of all qualified running backs in yards after contact. I can't believe it. So he's not not doing it well this year. He hasn't been at all. Yeah. Well, so. these other guys, they must be okay. So the the stat has to be a little deceiving to me. Other guys must pop it then after they're hit for pick up some twenty and thirty yard gainers for that number. Now, all he usually gets is about two or three more after contact, right. which to me, it's still amazing because there's nothing there. Right. This could be a byproduct. His obviously you know, number's not where I thought it would be. It's got to be a byproduct of the offensive line. He's getting stuffed at the line, and he's still squirting through for two or three, where maybe these other ones, they've already got seven yards, eight yards downfield. They break an ankle tackle. And pick up another 20, because frankly, I thought, I'm stunned, unless it's a methodology, or maybe I'm just, you know, not watching right. I did look up um, what he's doing and how many times he's lining up and running the ball against an 8-plus in the box. Mm. So 8-plus guys in the box. Mm -hmm. He's doing it uh, 20.9% of the time, which isn't all that much. You would think it would be a little bit more where Tevin Coleman of San Francisco, when he gets the ball, he's going up against eight or nine in the box 41% of the time. That's double the percentage. So it's interesting to see. It'll be interesting for me to see how he does the rest of the year because maybe he's just figuring things out. He's a first-year running back. It takes a while. I mean, one of the best running backs in the NFL. I just saw a note here that crossed on um, uh, Twitter. One of the best running backs in the league, one that the Bears are going to see next week mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott has just gone four straight games without a 100-yard game, uh, and that's that's rare. The Bears are going to try and stop him, and the Cowboys, this is a huge game because both teams need this game. Fred, back six days ago, it's hard to remember that the Bears have played uh, two games right. since you and I have been on, uh, on the air together on Saturday. So the uh, Bears beat the New York Giants 19-14. Right. There was the goofiest situation that I've ever recalled seeing where the Bears ended up kicking and missing a 48-yard extra point point after, uh, you know, PAT. Right. Now, this is sort of from our uh, our earlier segment. Uh, Fred will know. All right. Fred will know. We'll see. All right. So... The two-point conversions, you know, have been around for a while, but I don't know all the nuances. I don't know if anyone does. Here's my question. It's sort of confusing, so I'll try to be quick and and concise. So originally, the Bears lined up to go for two points. Yep. On the two-yard line is where you do that. But then, that was the pass into the end zone where uh, 12... Robinson right. was flagged for offensive pick. Yeah. pick pass interference, uh-huh. which was argued and argued, but the place stood. The flag stood. Nagy kept yelling and yeah. arguing and pointing to the screen, and that's the only time this year that I've thought that maybe Matt Nagy shouldn't be calling plays because ah. then what happens next? So now with the flag, they decide the Nagy or whoever Nagy decides. All right, we're backing up. I'm going to go for the extra point. Uh-huh. Now, it appeared, and I watched this, it's nowhere online, you can't pull, the play-by-play that I keep finding doesn't even have how this broke down to end up 48 yards. Uh So, what it appeared was, so the flag is for offensive PI, which is five yards. So, they would have moved the ball back to the seven 
for the if you wanted to go for two again, right? Uh-huh. He says, no, 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 we're going for the one, the point after touchdown kick. But instead of lighting the ball up at the 15, which is where the new point after is, right? so that moved the five yards and moved it back to the 20 at the 18, which is the 38-yard field goal. Yeah. All right, fine. Now it's where it gets interesting. Now the Bears have 12 men on the field. Right. Right? Flag. So that's going to move you back 10 more. They had, they had 12 men because Leno got, or, um, Massey got hurt, and they had already replaced him. And right. someone saw Massey standing there and figured he wasn't on the field. Okay. He should have been out there. Right, right. So now you move back 10 more yards to the 30 plus 18, because right. it's plus 8 plus 10, for the 48. Here's my question. Fred will know. You're going to say, why didn't they move it back to the 7? Yes. Because, well, yeah. Well, yeah, but let me, but before you know and tell yeah. me. So, okay, so the, the the second flag moves them back from the 20 to the 30. Right. At that point, can you say, okay, regroup, now I want to go for two again. And, uh, work with me, you've backed me up five on the PI, you've backed me up ten on the illegal substitutions, right? Yeah. So 15, you've backed me up. The two-yard line is where I go for two. Right. Could Here's the question. If you were could, crazy, you could, could. That's not the point. I'm just wondering if you could. I think, yeah. Could Nagy have said, all right, tell you what, now I'm going back to going for two from the 17. Yeah. And what are the odds? Everything is the odds. Were he, did he have better odds to get the two points from the 17, okay, uh-huh. or the one point... On 48, and here's why I bring this up. Here's your buddy, special team coach Tabor, <laughs> talking about the play. Chris Tabor told us yesterday the Bears special I'm team sorry, start up. Is J.D. quoting Tabor? Right. Should I hit it here? Chris Tabor told us yesterday, the Bears special teams coordinator, that that 48-yard PAT, that if that would have been a field goal attempt, they would not have attempted it from that direction and from 48 yards. That's what he said. He said that was outside the line. All right. So they would not have tried a field goal from there. Right. But quarter, it made it sound like, well, we're forced to kick the PAT. Right. Why wouldn't they have had the option? If you have the option after going for two and a flag, I would change our mind. We're going to kick. They, they may have had the option. But. So would you have thought you had more? Okay. So say that's true. Do you have... What were the odds of scoring a two-point into the end zone? From 17 from yards 17 out. From 17 compared to... Yeah. They just said there we weren't going to let them kick a field goal from 48. Right, but they've had nothing <laughs> but problems in the red zone all season well, long. So, And that's barely in the red zone from well, the 17. Okay. So, I, I mean, I think you could do it. Okay. And the referees and the fans and everybody else in the stands would probably <laughs> shake their heads like, what well, are you doing? But I think you could if you wanted to. But they had zero... They wouldn't have kicked a field goal from there. So that's what he says. Well, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, but then again, it was Chris Tabor he was quoting. But so. they did have a striker play. That was that was the uh, pass to tight end uh, Jesper Horstead, right? Uh-huh. So Just, far, Horstead uh-huh. from Princeton and Broniker from Harvard both scored touchdowns in the last couple of weeks. I always talk about the striker play, and that was when. We're from the 20-yard line area. You actually throw the ball on a slant right into the end zone. Let's quick bring in uh, Dave Crown Point, Indiana. Now he's on ESPN 1000. Dave, go. Hey, you're my two old-time buddies, guys. Uh, good to hear you. What's up, hey, Dave? 
Uh, I got a scenario how the Bears make the playoffs. All right. Obviously, obviously the Bears got to win out. Okay. Yep. We need we need Philadelphia to win the East. We need the Cowboys to knock off the the Rams one time. The uh, Seahawks are going to knock them off, so they'll knock off the Rams. And we went out. We're we're in the playoffs. Uh, Minnesota has to uh, go. Two yeah, and they, five. They're going to lose three games. Minnesota's going to lose three games. Well, Minnesota's got Seattle on the board. Uh, yep. uh, they got Minnie on the board. Uh, the Rams are talking about, and the Bears. So the Bears. Uh, they, could. They know the Chargers, Packers, and Bears. Yeah, yep. so the Bears, right. the Bears could the control their own destiny. Right. All right. That, so that is what uh, we like to call a sports miracle. You believe, right, Dave? Hey, okay, from the two-yard line now, when you line up for a two-point conversion, can you drop kick for one point from the two-yard line? <laughs> Get out of here! I'm getting a headache. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can. <laughs> we'll look it up. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Back in a flash, ESPN. I love the drop kick, 1,000. Kevin Butler misses that game-winning field goal like an extra point, and he's crying in the locker room. I said, stand up and be a man. He kept crying. I threw him across the room and broke his arm. <laughs> You know why nobody, you know, he kicked for, for a month with a cast on you. Why nobody noticed? He's just a kicker. He's just a He's kicker. Barely get Eddie Pinheiro's attention, huh? You would think. Huh? Yeah. Mongo and Fred, when do we hear you and Mongo again? Uh, we'll be here Thursday. Yes. Getting you ready for the Bears and Cowboys. Nice. 6 o'clock till 720. Mm-hmm. So 6 o'clock till kickoff. Mm-hmm. We'll get you all jacked up and ready to go as the uh, Bears and Cowboys. A huge game for both teams. Cowboys are, uh, you know, the Jerry Jones coming out of the locker room after an emotional locker room. And I, I heard a, re- a reporter say, Jerry, you actually look like you have tears in your eyes. He goes, well, it was an emotional <laughs> locker room. Dallas... Uh, and the Bears have the identical record right now, yep. Fred. Six, six and, and six. six. So if you believe in sports miracles, this there's a big game for both teams if indeed you're looking for that second uh, wildcard yeah. spot, right? It's a lot easier playing in the uh, NFC East because all the teams are, are having yeah. rough years. <laughs> so six and six can get you yeah. in the playoffs. Now, speaking of the Cowboys, help me with this because... Uh, we had a segment of Fred will know. Uh-huh. All right, so Patrick Finley writes this in the Sun-Times. Oh, I like him. Oh, he's the best. Yep. Uh, he likes me since I stopped calling him Michael Finley. After the, <laughs> remember the first two or three times? Yeah. So uh, Patrick writes this today. Uh, Bears beat guys sometimes. The Cowboys will run onto Soldier Field on Thursday wearing their Navy blue jerseys uh-huh. and their silver pants, silver helmet. Patrick uh, muses... Uh, Maybe Mitch Trubisky can squint and turn that navy blue into Honolulu blue because the Bears need their quarterback to play against the Cowboys and uh, the Packers and the uh, Chiefs and the Vikings. But against the Cowboys, the way he does against the Lions when they wear their Honolulu blue. But, Fred, obviously then... What's this mean? The Bears are going to wear white at yeah. home? I don't like that. The Bears are going to wear white. And you know what? I, I had said, I was thinking originally huh. that the Bears wear white because a lot of teams that play the Cowboys at their home 
the you know the opponent's home, not the Cowboys' home. They like it when the Cowboys have to wear their blue because they don't play as well. But just as you were saying, and I remembered, huh. the NFL's got this silly color rush promotion huh. where it's color versus color right. matchups. So and mo- and it's primarily aired on Thursday nights. So, so the Bears words, are going to be all white, yeah, and the Cowboys will be all in blue. Well, listen, the home the home team doesn't have the decision. I don't think so. And the reason you bring up the first part is, and of course, the Dallas Cowboys wear white at home. That's their deal. Right. As opposed to most every other team. Maybe there's another one, I apologize, wears the uh, they're colored jersey at home, the navy blue. I don't like this. And, and the, what's it called? Color, color rush. Color ball. Okay, that's sort of cool once in a while, like when the Packers play uh, Arizona Cardinals. It'd be, the red, like, it'd be like Christmas out there, blue, uh, green on one side, red on the other. Well, it's funny, because I'm looking at a cowboy uniform where they had color rush uniforms, and they were white with a blue sleeve. So I'm not sure. Maybe just the Bears didn't have all blue, because they would have had to wear blue pants, blue shirt. Well, they got blue pants on the road. I know, you would think. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't want my Bears wearing white at home. want to thank all our guests today. Sweet Lou! Canales Fox TV. Yeah, Chicago College tailgate coming up. The guys are out in Mokina, uh, leading you up to Notre Dame football. Don't forget, I'll be on tomorrow morning, 9 until noon. Lots of NFL to talk about. A huge game going on, and I'm not talking about the Packers. The uh, Niners and Ravens tomorrow. We'll talk a lot about that tomorrow morning. Want to thank our Eric Ostrowski, all of his help as always. E-11, Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody.